Welcome to the Prac Ready podcast, clinical education in one coffee. My name's Matt Cooper, joined today by Craig Taylor. Morning, Craig. Morning, Matt. How are you going? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Uh, Craig, today we're going to focus on a, a question that we got over the email from a, a recently graduated student um, by the name of Nicola. Uh, Nicola, and I'll quote, she wanted to know about motivational interviewing. What are some of the skills that you guys use? Um, thanks for all the help that you've given me so far. Um, so motivational interviewing is a, is a process basically where you're trying to find the wants and desires from your patient. And it's, it's something that you're seeing in private practice pretty much straight away. You're dealing with a level of expectation and it's something that new graduates uh, need to get, get a hold of pretty quickly in order to get the best outcomes for their clients. Uh, so just to give you a quick breakdown, Craig, and what, what I sort of work on, and, and the mindset I go into a, a, a um, consultation with is around, you know, why are you here? Why are you here today? What do you want to achieve today? Uh, what are your expectations of treatment? And then what, what do we want to do within, uh, you know, a certain time frame? So that might be within the next week, within the next two weeks, within the next six months, etc. And so... I generally find just asking the patient is the best way to get that, that feedback straight away. And, and so once you've gone through your detailed uh, history, uh, your medical history, these sorts of things, it's real simple just to ask, you know, well, what's your expectation from today? Um, and obviously, whatever the complaint is, it depends on, on what their expectation might be. And some people may joke and say, oh, well, I want you to fix me 100%. Um, and other people might just say, look, I'm just looking for a, a pain reduction or I, I want help getting rid of this headache or, or something along those lines. So that really tailors your approach to how, how you're going to, to move, move your questioning. Um, and so my experience with that has been, been very much around dealing with that expectation first off. So, you know, let's use a, let's use a lumbar disc injury as a, as a classical... Yeah, good present, example to start with. Great presentation, you know. The likelihood of getting them 100% right in that first session is almost slim to none. In fact, the chances are they're probably going to feel a bit worse after the treatment. And well, so it depends where they're at with the injury process, of course, which is where you can come back to. Is mm. If you know the injury process is still in the acute and building phase, then you need to set that expectation up that you are going to get worse. And no matter what I do or you do in the practice, they're going to have a time frame where they're still flaring and that inflammation process is still occurring. Oh, and exactly right. And, and there's, there's a lot of fear within that for from a, a patient's perspective and so so i think what you'll find and, and you know when someone's in quite a, a level of significant pain you know they're not they're not thinking clearly you know they're agitated um and as i said they may be quite scared and so a lot of a lot of the questioning that i will do is to to help alleviate some of that fear and give them a direct process which is going to give them some confidence in their body's ability to handle that injury. Yeah, the ability to give that negative uh, prognosis in the short term, it can also be quite fearful for the practitioner, especially for the young practitioner who, you know, maybe you haven't seen a lot of these acute type injuries before. It can be really hard to step back and say, 
I'm not going to be the person who makes you a whole lot better today. Uh, there's that vulnerability in being able to communicate to the patient, yes, you're here to feel better, but that process, we will get you on the path to it, but it's really hard as a, as a young person who just wants to help people, or a young practitioner, I should say, um, to then be able to go, you know what, this first week's going to be pretty average, and I know you're here for my help, but I'm not sure how much change we're going to make in the first week. And look, and realistically, it, that's when it comes down to education, doesn't it? And really what you were saying is far more important to what you're actually doing with your hands. Oh, and, and I think uh, as, a, as a new graduate or someone who's in their infancy of um, pra- practising, uh, it can be quite challenging to do that. And, and as you said, if you haven't seen it before, there's a little bit of guesswork around that. And so, so just knowing what you know and explaining that as well as you can is, is a real simple strategy that you can put in place to ensure that the patient has a little bit of confidence. And, and realistically, you've got to remember, you do know more than the patient, okay? And I think um, you, you leave university and you may not have seen one of these in your, in your student clinic or in your, you know, your uh, hospital placements or anything like that. But you, you would have most likely read about it. You would have done the lecture material on it. You, you hopefully would have done some rehab classes around it and these sorts of things. So you've got a little bit of a framework there, maybe somewhere in the back of your mind that you can draw upon. Um, and you've got time, you know, with that first part, um, that initial consultation, you're usually in there with, for half an hour to an hour with the patient. So there is time. Um, and realistically, hands-on treatment, you're not going to be smashing them for 40 minutes or something like that. You might do a couple of techniques just to ease some muscle spasm or something, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, so, so it does come down to that, that communication. I, I think with that too, Matt, because you've touched on it, the, the ability to t- tackle that in two different ways. So you can either go along the pathway of knowing what, in the back of your mind, you've got a framework around these type of injuries and what you can communicate and educate the patient about the injury and what's going to happen in the short term, and then you know some idea of what will likely happen in the long term. There is also something to be said for, especially with more complicated processes that a patient presents with, to, to be upfront and vulnerable with the patient and say, actually not quite sure how this is gonna pan out because this is an unusual presentation. Um, but what I can tell you is this is what's likely going to happen in the short term. And then in between then and when you see them next, I will find out off either colleagues or I'll do my own research about what's, the pre- what's going to happen from there. Because in reality, even to you know, 10 years into practice, it's still going to see stuff that comes in and you're like, I actually don't really know um, how this process is occurring. And you don't fit a very good you know, snapshot of a picture, the, the complicated stuff happens and, and they're probably coming in to see you because um, they're just as unsure about it as you um, and they're looking for guidance, not necessarily answers. Mm. Yeah, and no, a very, very good point. So let, let's move the conversation across to some of those um, more chronic complaints that people have. And, and you know, I obviously practice in a, in a city location, so we, we see a lot of people who have those those constant headaches or, or you know, those um, 
intermittent pain that just keeps coming back and they're, they're wondering why and they often come to, to us as almost a last resort. They've seen a lot of different practitioners and they, they end up at the clinic and um, some of those motivational sort of techniques that, that I use to work out, well, well, why are you here today? You know, you might have had headaches for four years. You've seen, a, you know, five or six different practitioners and you haven't seen anyone for six months and yet today you've come in and and there's some, there's some techniques to that. And, and what we talk about in the clinic is, is finding the, um, the significant event, right, for, for that person as to what is driving or motivating them to achieve, to achieve wellness. And so it, it might be, you know, it, it could be as simple as, you know, I want to get rid of that headache. And that, you know, that, there's actually some complexity in that. Whereas, you know, there's other, other things that are really obvious that we see all the time, you know, around an event, which might be, you know, I'm running in the Melbourne Marathon in six weeks, or I'm doing, I'm doing a, a huge bike ride around Victoria for the, for the next month. So they're, they're the, the low-hanging fruit, they're really obvious. Um, and then there's the, the complex ones, which, you know, it, it could be around, around the fact that, you know, it's, it's something significant in their life is happening, like they're getting married, they want to start a family or, or something along that, and they're thinking, you know, that's going to be a really challenging process. I don't want a headache uh, to get in the way of those, those sort of activities. Yeah, the, the, the low-hanging fruit, as you said, they're very easy to identify, but then coming in, why, like, why today? Like, mm-hmm. trying to, and they, the patient often doesn't, necessarily make a conscious decision about why it was today mm-hmm. and a couple of other things that you could just sort of work down the path of asking uh, has your workload at work changed have you had any um, specific stresses that have you know have you been sleeping poorly there's a lot of little things that can just tick a patient over from I can deal with this to oh my god I need this fixed tomorrow mm-hmm. like um, and being able to just ask some general open questions and you might not find out that answer um, sometimes ever but maybe not during your history taking process it might come out three quarters of the way through the treatment where you end up with the patient divulging that there's a significant event happening or they've they trust you more so they're happy to share more with you yeah exactly right and and you know not not everyone will know that they're say in a in a high level of stress for example yet they'll give you little cues like they might just say Oh, you know, work's been full on, or or you know, you know, work, and then my mum's crook, or something along those lines. The and pies lost the ground. Yeah, exactly right, and and it it just it's just enough that it might just tick them over the edge that they're like, nah, you know, I could tolerate this headache, but now with everything else going on in my life, nah, no, no more, and so. Um, I think it's really important, and we spoke to um, Bill Adamson about this earlier um, when we were doing some of the earlier podcasts in regards to to listening to your patient and, and really taking the time to to answer their questions and alleviate their their sort of issues that they have. Um, and and it, it's even more necessary in these sorts of processes to really try and just take the time to, you know, not talk about yourself but or, or necessarily talk about the issue at hand, but listen to what they're telling you and try and draw those cues from that and, and interview from there, you know. So it, it might be something like, you know, oh, work's full on at the moment. Well, what, what's happening there, you know? Oh, well, my boss is just, you know, 
being an asshole and writing me and da da da. Okay, well, well, what can you can control from that? And so you're sort of leading your questioning to almost help them find the answer as to what they can control, what they can take responsibility, because you can't change their behaviour, you can't change the boss's behaviour, um, but you can maybe help them see or give them some strategies to take control of that situation. Yeah, for sure. If the, we often, as um, we see with um, less experienced practitioners, that they're very focused on the anatomical or pathology process that's occurring at the cellular level or within the certain structures, but negating the like we forget that the mind plays such a huge role in these different uh, injuries that you have to be able to drill down to some extent about the precipitating cause and uh, yeah definitely being able to to sort of take a step back and okay yes we want to know exactly what the what's causing their discomfort but if you can't if the cause is some kind of stress or load then you need to identify that too and help them process that correct correct and i and i think realistically as a practitioner once again, there's some things that you can control, and, and you know whether your your treatment's direct or indirect, um, you can you can talk about some of these contributing factors in a way that I'm going to help you with this. But to complete the picture, we need to work on you as a whole, and we've got to work on some of these external stresses um, to help you get the outcome that you're after. And and so you know with with someone who's in acute pain, that might be might be quite a quick process but someone who's had chronic pain for four or five years or you know even 10 years um, um, you, you will see see that it's gonna maybe a long-term process you know and and part of it is with those people I like to break it down into short medium and long term and so what can I control today what can they control today and, and I'll often challenge patients a little bit in terms of um, you know, their general health and well-being and things that they can control quite easily. And so it mightn't be their boss's behaviour that can, they can control, but they can certainly control um, exercise. They can certainly control hydration and, and diet, um, which we know has a, you know, a really great link to, to stress. And um, inflammation. And inflammation, exactly right. So, so, you know, it's like, okay, well, maybe let's not give you, let's not create more problems, but let's give you some solutions. Yeah solutions to that let's yeah. provide a better environment to deal with the the aggravating cause um it's good that uh, in our next podcast we're going to talk about a little bit more about you know what patients are going to expect in the short medium and long term so it's good good little segue for us to to throw to there anything else you want to talk about with motivational interviewing today uh, look craig not particularly but i i think just just to sort of wrap it up and, and finish up on that i I really think as a, as a new graduate moving into to practice, you, there's some things that are really crucial initially. Um, the first thing is obviously finding out why, why your patient's here, what, what they want to achieve, and then how are you going to do that, okay? So we, we talk about that with our new graduate graduates a lot, you know, what, why, and how. Okay, and it's a real simple thing to, to remember. And as I said, you do have time within that console. It doesn't have to be while you're sitting there face-to-face -face looking at the patient. It might be while they're lying down on the table. Um, 
you know, and it, it, a lot of patients open up when they're not looking at you, you know, they're, they're lying face down on the table and they will start talking about those things. Um, but then also, you know, you generally have experienced colleagues around you that you can bounce ideas off. Uh, we've all had difficult patients where, you know, we're not sure about it. Um, and, you know, just the other thing I want to say on that, there, there may be the odd patient here and there that you, you can't help fully and so you, you need to realise that and you've got to, got to work out the appropriate time to refer um, and, and that's a different challenge altogether all again. We'll have a, a podcast about referral coming up and when and how the best ways to do that and uh, there's no necessary performer for that either. There are different techniques involved so we'll, we'll dedicate a whole podcast to that. So thank you for listening to the uh, Prac Freddy podcast. Be sure to share it with your friends. Um, you know, we're, we're really hoping to get our audience as wide as possible. Uh, and email us if you do have any questions. That email again is pracready, P-R-A-C-R-E-A-D-Y, at gmail.com. That's pracready at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe so you can keep up to date with all the new uh, Prac Ready podcasts that are coming out. We've got some fantastic guests coming through. And yeah, once again, if you do have any questions, please be sure to send them through to that Gmail address, prackready at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to get to it. Uh, thank you, Craig. Thank you, Matt. Have a great day, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to Prac Ready. If you wish to contribute, Craig and Matt would appreciate the support. Head over to www.patreon.com slash prackready and join our coffee club for $4 per month. That's www.patreon.com slash prackready. Do it now. Have a fantastic day and all the best in private practice.